Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. deliberately does not use the elite of our world most of the time. And, and it doesn't mean that, that he disregards them and sets them aside and, and, and he has nothing to do with them. No, no, people get saved who, who are of the aristocracy, you know, the brilliant minds, the powerful people of our world today. Yeah, you know, we, they, we see people get saved who are in the spotlight. But by and large, the people whom God chooses... They're just average, everyday people. God loves to use people who are humble. You may feel like an unqualified nobody, but that is exactly what God is looking for. As Pastor Robert points out in today's message, those who have worked hard for or been handed power and wealth are often seen as being great leaders, but they have a hard time humbling themselves and giving God the glory for anything good they accomplish. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. The city of Corinth was so much like South Beach, um, such a decadent place. At the center of their life was the worship of Venus, the sailors that came to Corinth and spent their time there, their money, and, and uh, it was just a, a name that had become synonymous with wickedness and debauchery. To be a Corinthian was to be a reprobate. It was just understood in the ancient world. You know, Paul had ministered there for a year and a half. When he first got there, he, he went to the synagogue like he always did. And Acts chapter 18 tells us that he wasn't well received. He never was, it seems. Wherever he went, when he went to the synagogues, he was rejected. And that was the case in Corinth. But in Corinth, it seems that he freaked out a little bit, um, maybe by just what he saw and, and, and what he encountered. The, uh, the Bible tells us that God actually came to him in a vision in the night and, and told him, listen, don't be afraid of this place. I got a lot of people here. Don't be quiet. Don't be silent. Don't leave. You, you, you need to, to speak up for me. And so Paul did stay a year and a half, and a church was planted. And then he, he's writing back to them now. Uh, and he says some really interesting things that we looked at there in the, in the initial greeting. Basically, what we talked about when we, when we looked at it a few weeks ago was the fact that the church of, uh, uh, in Corinth at least at the time of Paul's writing, was made up of some highly educated, articulate, um, extremely gifted people. But Paul says, you're, you're babies. You're babies. And we talked about the dangers that, and how prevalent it is actually even within the church around the world. You know, you have people that, that come to the Lord and they're, they're already 
successful, gifted, highly educated adults. Type A personalities quite often. And but they're they're babies in the Lord. And, and that's what was you know, taking place here. Paul said, you know, you, you people are so gifted. You don't lack in any gift. You're, God has enriched you in speech and knowledge and, and all these different areas. But then he goes on to confront them time and again. But, but you, you got issues, guys. You have problems. You, you're, um, you're behaving like fleshly, just mere men rather than those in whom the Spirit of the living God dwells. And, and, and he talks to them about that. And, and then as we moved on a little bit, we saw that you know with all of the problems that the church in Corinth had, there was heresy among them, people denying the resurrection. There was incredible immorality that they were allowing within the church. There was incest. It, it was just a, it was a crazy place. But with all of that, the very first thing Paul addresses is the fragmentation of the body there in Corinth. He addresses their divisions. He says, you guys are arguing over which teacher is better. You're arguing over which leader is more prestigious, and you're being so foolish, and you're so divided, and, and, and it, you, you, need to, you need to cut it out. And then now as we move on into the, uh, the rest of the chapter, and, and we'll kind of nibble at the beginning of chapter 2 a little bit, we're going to look at what he has to say concerning the wisdom of God. So let's consider it together. We'll read, starting at verse 18, Paul writes, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Now now keep this in perspective. Paul's writing to the church there. He's, He's telling them, look around. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer, the the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him... You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear. And in much trembling, 
And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There are four things that I want us to consider as we look back over this passage and and reflect on the wisdom of God. The first is God's message. The second, excuse me, I'm getting it backwards, His messengers. The second, His message. The third, His method. And then the fourth, His motive in using the messengers and the method that, that He uses. His messengers. You, you know, one, one of the things that Paul talks about here that's that's really fascinating, and I think for most of us as human beings, sometimes a little bit bewilder, bewildering, is is that God deliberately does not use the elite of our world most of the time, and, and it doesn't mean that that He disregards them and sets them aside, and and, and He has nothing to do with them. No, no, people get saved who who are of the aristocracy, you know, the brilliant minds, the the um, powerful people of our world today. Yeah, you know, we, they, we see people get saved who are in the spotlight, whatever. But by and large, the people whom God chooses to represent Him in our world, they're just average everyday people. They're just normal folks. They're, they're, they're like us. And that's a deliberate decision, Paul says. It's something that He has chosen to do. Just the average God, you know, it's the, the little cliche that, that we hear tossed around sometimes, God qualifies the called rather than calling the qualified. And I was thinking about that. Why, why does God do it that way? I mean, what what is it that God is up to, you know, in, in saying, you know what, Einstein, I'm going to let him stick to the, to the math stuff. And instead, I, I'm going to choose a, a skinny kid from North Carolina. Billy Graham. Do you realize God could have just let Billy Graham be a farmer or whatever and tapped, who's the the guy, Stephen Hawking. You know who I'm talking about, the physicist, the guy in the wheelchair that I think he has Lou Gehrig's disease, if I'm not mistaken. Brilliant, unbelievably brilliant man. I mean, you know, what if God had chosen to touch him, heal him physically, fill him with the Holy Spirit, and put him on a podium. Give him a microphone. Why didn't he do it that way? His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. The Apostle Paul had a burden in his heart for the churches. He wanted to express the importance of following Jesus, even when it meant discussing difficult topics. In his first letter to the Corinthian church, Paul set aside any desires he may have had to be liked by all people to tell the truth. Sin needs to be dealt with. This is true for every follower of Jesus. Sin has to be dealt with. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to Christianity or if you've been following Jesus for a lifetime. You are still human and prone to sin. When you do fall, and you will, take your mistakes to the cross. There's grace to cover it all again and again. Thanks for joining us today for Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will have more to share from this study in 1 Corinthians next time. But for now, you can hear more at MainThingRadio.com. Do you live in Miami? If so, you're invited to join us at Calvary Chapel Miami Beach on Sundays for our weekly services. 
We gather at 9 and 11 a.m. and at 1 p.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. You'll find out more about the church at MainThingRadio.com or give us a call. Our phone number is 305-531-2730. When you call, let us know how we can be praying for you. That number again is 305-531-2730. That's all for today. Tune in next time for more right here on Main Thing Radio.